two moms, two marketers, two women new to the financial industry. They have a lot of questions. That's why they're bringing in financial experts to educate all of us here on a penny or two for your thoughts. It's Chantel and Liz with Centris Federal Credit Union with another episode of A Penny or Two for Your Thoughts. Every time I say that, it sounds like I'm singing it. It does. Yes. It sounds like we're going to go right into a musical. With jazz hands? Oh, we should do jazz hands. Yes. yes. Oh, oh, I just hit a stand goal and I'm sitting. Fancy. Yep. Starting Apple Watches. They just don't know. know anything. What's going on? What's going on in your world? A lot. Probably too much for this podcast again. I think I said that <laughs> I on the last episode. Last yeah, I think I did. Those poor people are there. Our listener is uh, a <laughs> listener. Remember? Oh, yeah. That's right. We have to add the parenthesis yes. with the S. Yes. Listeners, if you haven't listened to our previous podcast from the last time about recruiting, you're going to want to tune in because that was really uh, quite the show. Yeah. Show mm-hmm. is the right word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, we were talking about this at lunch. Day. Well, two things. One, I just told you that I always talk about weather, like mm-hmm. opening this thing. Yep. And uh, as we were walking out of the building, uh, there was quite the wind tunnel. Yes. Um, from the building. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, why I'm really don't. hoping that our video coverage is minimal <laughs> of this because my hair looks like, my hair this time looks like a bird's nest. <laughs> Do not walk out of the centrist building with a flowy dress. No. I don't know what happened, but it's probably on security cameras. Probably. <laughs> we'll just somehow tell them to have something happen to that footage yes, so that it's never seen again. Okay. So we talked about this at lunch today. Bob Barker recently, as we're recording this, just passed away. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bob Barker. On National Dog Day. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Yeah. Which is so ironic. But one of the things I saw on Facebook recently was that if you are 40, at least 40 years old, you remember being sick at home. And you would watch Prices Right, like oh, yeah. on the couch. And I, I thought that that was so nostalgic for me because that was what we did. Same. What was your favorite game that he played? Oh, Price Plinko. Right. Oh, mine too. I no love way. Plinko. Yep. Oh, yep. Man. That was my favorite. Yes, I loved it. And one of my friends' dads tried to like rebuild the the board for oh. us one time, so we could take like a puck. I think he, we used a hockey puck. And so we'd take the hockey puck and have it go down. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's a good dad. It was. Yeah. I don't remember what he ever, whatever happened to that board. That and the little uh, mountain climber. Yes. <laughs> Cam, do you have a sound effect for the... No? No. No, he's... no sound effect. Dang he's it. looking at us like we're crazy because he's not of our age. So he oh, that's probably right. didn't like, sit Whoa. at home. What? <laughs> Whoa. I spent many a days homesick watching Did you? Price is Right. Yeah. Okay. What was the other... What was the... Um, no whammies. Oh, pressure, pressure luck. luck yeah. Oh, yes. yes. And I just hit the table. Sorry, Kia. Yeah. What it's cool. That? You got headsets on. So one of them, they had to dress up in costumes. They dressed that up. Was, well, that oh, wasn't. What was the. What was that? Let's make a deal. Yes. What about 10,000 Pyramid? Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a $50,000 Pyramid now. Yeah. It's, wow. Well, inflation. I guess inflation. <laughs> Do you like how I really teed you up here for our intro for our guest today? You sure did. Very special guest today. With Bob Barker's passing. (laughs) Because I have questions about that because he, so we were talking about this too, where he was married. He married once and his wife passed away, I think, what, back in 1981 maybe? And then he never remarried, never had kids. And so I'm sure he had quite the estate. Right. There's the tee up. There you go. So what happened to that? So we're going to have to ask our guest. 
Let's what happens it. to that kind Let's of stuff. So listeners, like we said, we've got an amazing guest for you today. And I'm selfishly really excited this guest, because I hope to learn a ton. Um, she is from a very well-known and respected law firm here in Omaha. She's been an attorney practicing in the estate planning and estate administration area for 12 years. Outside of doing all the great things she's doing to help her clients, she's also a wife and mom, just like Chantel and I are. Yep. Her kids are ages seven, five, and three. So that fun age time, especially that three-year-old, I'm sure you and I could go back and forth on some of that. Please welcome to our show, Amanda Forker. Hi, I'm happy to be here today. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yes. We're so glad to have you. We yeah. actually have been talking about this particular podcast for some time because we don't know anything about this um, as we should. And we have both uh, been asked to help with estate planning in our families and friends. So this is, I, I think, just one of those topics where uh, you know what, you're going to be part of this potentially. And there's a lot of questions and it's a tough time. It's usually yeah. an emotional time, obviously. Yeah. So thank you for being part of the show today and all the crazy banter about, you know, game shows that we start with, but you know, look at how that just leads into right. things. Right? right. I mean, this right. will not be like a game show. I mean, we're not gonna, <laughs> we should have thought about that. Oh, that would have been should've. a good idea. Mm, next time. Okay. You come back. We'll have a game show ready for you. Okay. Yeah. State Jeopardy. Yes. yes. Oh, Ooh, I, I like that. that. Okay. Okay. I don't like where this is going. That sounds like fun. You're right. It's usually a really emotional time when people need to talk about estate planning, when people need to talk about administering an estate. And one of the hardest things is the time it takes. And probably you're going to see that with a celebrity estate like Bob Barker's. We'll yes. see articles about what happens with his estate, what goes on in his estate, but we might not see them for a year, two years, because it will take that long for the process wow. Wow. to work and for the details to be released of how that is administered if it wow. has a court proceeding. So do they release that after they've already like, I don't know what the right word is, but given out his estate or assigned his estate to the appropriate places where he wanted them to go? Or Yeah, there are different levels of how public the information is, and it depends on how the person has planned, right? Okay. So it depends on what gets filed in a court, the timing of that, or if anything gets filed at all. And a lot of that depends on the planning and the recipients of the estate. Wow. It, one of the things you told us when we were talking to you prior to this was, I might know way too much about this. <laughs> and I loved that. Yeah. But okay, so this is a totally random question that we're talking about this. Do you secretly read these estates like from celebrities and just to see what happens? Sure. Do you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if there's an article about state administration, estate planning, I'm going to click on it because that really is how you learn. Each situation mm -hmm. is different. So right. there's not a standard estate planning situation, maybe for a few people, but everybody yeah. owns different things. Everybody has different personalities in their family. Yeah. Everybody has different goals for their family. So almost all of them are unique, especially when you get to the level of wealth of a celebrity. And right. so right. it's interesting to see what you can learn All about right. what they planned and what yes. they did. I like how she worded that too. Like every family has different personalities. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the nice way of saying there are some families that are just so, so messed up. So they got some, they got, got some crazy. It's okay. Problems. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We all, we all got it. So. Right. <laughs> so let's take it, let's take it way back. So how did you even get started in this? What, tell us, tell us all about yourself. Oh, I have a background <laughs> in finance and tax. So I like those areas. Um, 
I also really like people. And so when you do estate planning, you get to work with families. You come into some people's lives when they're young and they're planning for who's going to take care of their children in the event something happens. You come into some people's lives a lot later, but you really get to know them and their families and work with them over and over again. Uh, that part is fun for me. Good. That's perfect. What, what drew you to that part of the practice? I like both that you're solving a math puzzle. So you're putting together the pieces of how they distribute their assets and you get to help families in a time when they want someone to rely on to transfer those assets and answer questions mm -hmm. about something they do once or twice. We have another guest that brings up math every time. I know. How do we find marketing and math? I know. We got to figure out how to make those two things work we, together. I know. We just, we're glitter. We like glitter <laughs> markers and... Writing. I like glitter, except in the hands of my three-year-old. Yes. I do not like glitter in the Same. hands of my three-year-olds. Same. Same. Really in the hands of even my husband. Like that just don't, <laughs> will end up everywhere for years. That's right. Right. Yeah. So we know that there were maybe, when we were kind of putting these questions together for you and, and trying to understand the different areas that, again, we are just learning about, we know that there's planning your state and then there's potentially this the executor, and then also a power of attorney. So can you kind of explain to us the differences of, of those two entities? Sure. One of the things about estate planning, powers of attorney, is there's a level of vocabulary that people aren't familiar with. And to make that more complicated, different states have different names for different functions. Mm -hmm. So you're going to find that Nebraska has the concept of a personal representative who administers your estate, and Iowa has the concept of an executor. So the same job is called different things in different places. And it's the same thing with powers of attorney. And so when we think about how do I understand from the beginning, it's learning to ask questions about what these words mean, what the documents are, and thinking through how you want to incorporate people to fill those roles in your life and your planning. Right. And you had explained a little bit that the the power of attorney is when your person is still living, right? Yes. So in my head, I separate estate planning documents into two categories. I think of them as lifetime estate planning and after-death estate planning. So you nominate certain people to act for you in the event you're living but can't act, and then other people to help you administer the assets in the way that you want after your death. So they seem like you're doing the same thing. You, you seem like you've filled out the same function twice, but mm -hmm. one is during life and one is after death. Is it pretty common that people have the same power of attorney and the same exec executor or representative? It's fairly common they're the same, but they're not always the same. There are reasons. Sometimes people want someone close by mm -hmm. while they're living in order to help them with things. And then after death, that might not be as important to them. But there are different reasons why it might be different people in each function. Are there certain states that require to have those, like a power of attorney? Does Do you have to be in that same state as the person or... Not that I'm aware of. Okay. It, it used to be more just for convenience. Mm -hmm. At this point, it's pretty convenient to be anywhere mm -hmm. and right. handle exactly. someone's affairs. So that's getting to be less of a factor. But important that you have both. Important that you have both. Very good. All right. What are the main points to consider when you're starting to establish your estate? So if I'm, if I'm thinking about myself, how, what, who do I need to get in touch with? How do I start that process? What does that look like? It looks different for everyone. And I think there are a few ways that you can start an estate planning process. Some people like to see a checklist ahead of time and they like to think about these are the things I'm going to need to decide and fill out. Some people think that's homework 
And if you give me the homework assignment of filling out a checklist, it's going to be a year before I make it in and get this done. So it can also be started with a conversation where somebody can ask you the same questions. But you're starting to think about, in the event I'm alive, who would help me manage my finances and who would help me direct my health care if I can't do either of those? And after my death, if I have young children, who's going to care for my children? Who's going to manage their financial assets? If I'm farther along in life and I don't have young children, it's who are my beneficiaries? How do I want to see the assets that I've accumulated during my lifetime deployed? Very good. A lot of information to take in, you know, just to really think about how do I just sit down and start this process? Yeah, I think that's the intimidating part of it. And I always feel like an estate plan is an evolution. The first one is never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. It's going to be learning the vocabulary. What do these words mean? Who am I comfortable with filling these roles? Should something happen tomorrow? Because that's the way we plan. And then you go home and you know it's taken care of and you think about it again next year and you start to get more familiar with the words. Another year passes, you maybe make some changes. It's more of thinking about, I'm starting to understand it. I'm starting to know what I want in these documents. And over time, that plan progresses to be more specific. Right, right. And one of the things, uh, as we're talking about this, that's why it's so important to have professionals helping you along the way. So what type of professionals should be interacting with you and, and kind of guiding you through this process? Most of the financial professionals that you work with that touch any form of your financial life are going to be important to this process. So your financial advisors, your accountants are going to help you identify and collect all of the information that you need to go into your estate plan. Mm -hmm. Your banking professionals, your insurance agents, they're going to help you update your beneficiaries on your accounts to make sure they match what you want to happen with your assets. So really anyone that you talk to about a financial aspect of your life on a regular basis probably has some role to play or to assist you in the process. Is it important as you're establishing that to get a legal team involved or have somebody help you administer all of that? Yes. I think having an attorney advise you is helpful because they do it all day. So each asset is a little bit different. Each situation is a little bit different. They're seeing all of those different situations on a regular basis, and they can help answer your questions. One of the hardest things about both processes, the during life, you need to act for someone, or after death, is there just are a lot of open questions at the time that it comes up. Um, they aren't your own assets. You're not as familiar with them as you are with your own assets. It takes a long time. You have to show everyone you're dealing with that you have the authority to deal with that asset. Then you have to get access. Then you have to take the action that you need to take. And so having someone walk you through the steps helps get through that long process. Absolutely. And if you're thinking about that now, if, if, if we were just talking about this, us in this kind of role that we're, we don't know what we don't know right. kind of thing. What are the questions that we should be preparing as we go in and talk to a lawyer, talk to our financial teams and, and our families? Um, I think one of the first questions is who, who I'm going to involve in my plan who are the people that I want to name to help me with things? Um, if you have a good idea of who in your life you want to help you with financial matters, who has the right background? Who has the time to step in and help you with that process? Who are the people that can help you with financial matters, both currently and long-term? And then have a backup. So sometimes it's really easy to get to that first name, but also a second name for those items. And then the what. What is it I'm asking this person to do? So if I'm alive and I want someone to help pay my bills in the event that they can't, 
that I can't, what information do they need to have to do that? Or if I'm designing my estate plan, how do I want my assets administered? What's important to me? What do I want them spent on? Mm -hmm. What's the right age to distribute them to beneficiaries? So I tend to think of it as who and what when I get ready. Very good. So when you establish that power of attorney when you're alive and you do that with the legal team, is it, is all of that information, so like any like personal identification or logins or any of is that put in any sort of document for them or is that the responsibility? So let's say it's for me and I'm, I have a power of attorney. It's my responsibility to make sure that power of attorney has access to those things. Correct. Okay. So that information will not be contained in the document itself because the document itself will be given out to um, different financial institutions or people that need to have a copy of the document. It is very helpful to share information with the person that you've named to serve as power of attorney. We all know it's hard to share passwords because we use the forgot password button mm -hmm. very frequently. Yes. Uh, so I think people just do the best they can in making sure you know where the accounts are. Mm -hmm. So this is my personal financial statement. I have accounts in these places. And everybody has a different comfort level with actually sharing that. And that's okay. But the more information that you can get, the better if you're named to serve in that role. There's plenty of questions to ask as you're setting up your estate, but if you are asked to be part of the support mm -hmm. for us, right? Where, what questions should we start asking? It is along the lines of how comfortable are you sharing information with me? It depends on what your relationship is to that person, how much you already know. I think you can ask, is there anything special I should be aware of? Mm -hmm. Right. So if there's anything out of the ordinary in their estate plan that's going to fall to you to communicate to the beneficiaries, it would be nice for them to tell you that ahead of time so you can understand their thinking and how to have that conversation. Yeah. And then let me know when you're ready to start sharing financial information, because that also is usually a, a process. It's kind of the, uh, the hard conversation to have, too, when you're actually talking to the person living mm -hmm. and it's, it's that emotional, I don't want to have the conversation right now. And it's, it's so needed. Yes. It is emotional, but it's so important and it'll be so much better down the road for everyone involved. It is. I always frame an estate plan as a gift for the people administering it. You're yeah. planning to make it easier for them. Mm -hmm. The right. planning is harder. You have to go through tough conversations. You have to make tough choices. You have to read long legal documents that nobody likes you're doing it for the person that administers it. So I think the more you can communicate, I wanna be able to do what you're asking me to, I wanna be able to execute the wishes that you've written down, the better I understand from you, the better I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. So I'm, in a, I'm kind of in a weird situation. Um, my father-in-law, unfortunately, is not doing well. And so, of course, you know, my husband is, all of the things. He's the power of attorney. He's the executor. And so just trying to, like, I'm trying to soak up as much information as I can. So I'm well informed as we go through this process. But then with my parents too, I mean, both of us, we have aging parents and it's just, to, we're getting to that point. Like you said, having that conversation with them, it's not an easy conversation. And I keep telling them we have to set this up. Now is the time because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. So it's, it's, how it's do you, hard. Yeah. And how, like, are there tips, are there tricks on how to help those people in our lives, you know, help get, help get them that process started? Because I know that's, you know, it's, 
we're getting to those stages too, where it's like, is it time to take the keys away? Is it time mm-hmm. to do this? Is it time to move you into a more maintenance free home? Is it all of those things? We start thinking about that. How do we help them understand that this is such an important step? I think it's usually easiest to start with a conversation that says, we want to do what you need in order to understand what you need. We want to have these difficult conversations and talk about these topics. One of the things to remember in estate planning is that people are people and this is emotional. And we're talking about when you can't take care of yourself or when you're not living and everybody has a different approach to how that affects them. I think there are generally ways that you can respond to everyone's different approach. If you recognize this is the type of information I'm going to be able to get from this person with where they're feeling about the process and some information is better than no information. And then Mm -hmm. another person may give you everything. And sometimes it is that professional question of, Hey, here's what I have going on right now. Here's where we're at. What would you do next? Because Mm -hmm. we have talked to people and seen people in a lot of situations and no person shares information exactly the same way. Right. No person feels exactly the same way about how it should go. So getting people to talk about it is the hard part. And you have to, unfortunately, just do it differently with everybody. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And find different ways to do it. If one way doesn't work, try a different approach. One of the the things that you said, you know, is we're we're, um, dealing with family or friends, you know, as as they're um, aging, whether it's in financial and legal or whatever, there are fraud and there's scam mm-hmm. that's happening. So talk us through what that could look like and what people should be aware of as they're getting into this estate planning. That's a really interesting area of how to help someone who's older. And part of that is because a power of attorney allows someone to help you mm-hmm. in the event you can't, but it does not prevent you from acting on your account. So it does not cut off your authority to act on your own account. Mm -hmm. And so someone still is vulnerable to a scam, even when a power of attorney is helping them administer their affairs. And we see an uptick in the amount of mail scams, phone scams people receive as they age. And so it's really having a conversation with people, hopefully getting them ready for the fact that they're going to receive more, more attempts to either receive their information or access their accounts Mm -hmm. and then watching for everything you would watch for on your own accounts on your end as a power of attorney. We have had situations where we've had to move to a court conservatorship where we need to take away the authority of someone to act because they're feeling too vulnerable to scams. Sure. So we've had to move to where you could always, always watching it, always Mm -hmm. constantly watching no matter what, Watching your accounts, same thing that you're doing, doesn't matter how old you are, watching everything that's going on in your finances and in legal matters. That's one of the reasons we talk about the work in the role, because it's just as much work as taking care of your own finances and maybe even a little bit more because you're doing it on behalf of someone else and you're doing it with assets that you aren't necessarily familiar with. Very good. What are some of the most common questions that you typically get from executors of estates and the best advice that you can give them? Common questions usually come in the form of, I tried to do this, but I can't get a response or I can't get into this account or I can't take that action. And the best response is patience. Um, 
you know, usually you submit your documentation. If you ask for exactly what the check the box response is, everything goes smoothly. If there's anything unique about your situation, which there often is, uh, you hit a bump and they say, we have to go check on this or we have to get back to you. So patience really helps in the form of, okay, I understand that there's going to be some bumps in this process and I'm just going to check in one with my advisor make sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing and two, just wait until it get result, gets resolved. This is a really heavy topic. Mm-hmm. So as, as our podcast is moms, marketers, financial, but as a mom, how do you separate yourself, the thought, what you're doing every single day and bring it home and, and not, you know, not bring that home, I guess, and, and feel like you're not always carrying this? I think there are different levels of how heavy it becomes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is the same sort of financial planning you do for other things, right? You're doing it just in case you're doing it. So, you know, you have a plan in place or we're doing it for people who are much older um, and the family's involved. If there's a reason we know that the plan's going to be needed, if there's a diagnosis of illness, that's hard. And it is hard to step out of it at the end of the day and think about it from that perspective. But most of the time I can see it as something that's helping families being, great. being more prepared helps families. Absolutely. Self-care and, you know, right. you, you can tell how passionate you are about mm-hmm. this. And I think that's finding the right person as you're going down this path that want to help you and not just push you through the process, right? Like not checking a box. Yes. The amount of laughter has gone way down when we're talking about estate planning versus Apple watches. <laughs> I know. Bob Barker. I know. Bob, come back. <laughs> this is He's... maybe why I do read the celebrity. Yes. Right. Estate. <laughs> That's more fun. It's right. distant. It's it not takes you away to me. from, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not right here at home. Yeah. It's, it right. takes you step, takes you a step out of that. Yeah. This is really heavy. Like I usually don't sweat in podcasts. This one has me sweat and I don't <laughs> know why. glistening. I'm glistening. It's glistening. It's glowing. I'm glowing today. <laughs> No, I think because it does, it hits home Yeah, quite a bit. Like that's, you know, for me right now, that's, yeah. it, it's a heavy, it's a heavy Absolutely. topic. So, yeah. But one that I know, you know, where I need to, one, I need to address with my parents. So I'm going to make them, force them to listen to this episode. Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> so we'll have two listeners, hopefully. <laughs> wow. That's going to be amazing. I know. I know we're going to get up to three. I know. It's going to be so good this month. <laughs> um, no, we get way more listeners than that, I promise. Um, but yeah, this is just. This is good. This is really good information. And it gets me thinking as a mom too, like I really need to get a plan in place for my family and my, and my situation. So. And I think people come to that feeling, but what you need to know is just any plan works to get started, right? It is a hard topic. So just feeling like you got through that one conversation, get something done. Yeah. It's a start. It's a start. And that's where you start. So then once I've had that conversation, then what, where's the next, is it, is that when you go to the legal team or do you? I would say have a conversation at home, right? So if you're planning with somebody else, have a conversation at home, be at least ready to talk about big points. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be involved in this plan for us? What's important for us? And then talk to your legal advisor, talk to your financial advisor, get the process going from there. And again, they can get it started in many ways, depending on whether you want to do homework first or not. <laughs> homework. I think I do the homework. Yeah, I need that sure. checklist. I need somebody to tell me what I need to be doing. That's right. Mm-hmm. What do you want to leave our listeners with? That penny or two for your thoughts. 
this is a hard topic. It's a hard topic for a lot of people. So I think remembering all of the emotion that goes in around it, we think of this as a checklist item. It's a checklist. Fill out the blanks. Name these people. I have a plan in place. But it's being used in a time when emotions are as high as they get. So having patience, giving people time, sort of taking your best interpretation of why people are doing what they're doing makes the process go a lot smoother. That's fantastic. Your information has been so valuable. I know our listeners are going to find it incredibly beneficial. Yep. I think my parents did. (laughs) I'm speaking future. Very nice. Oh, yes. We we can do that here. Yeah. We can go in the future. We can go into the future on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda, thank you so much. Um, Selfishly, I enjoyed just listening to you and gleaning information from you. So I appreciate you taking the time today to join us. For our listeners out there, if you have any financial topics you want to learn more about, you can email us at a penny for your thoughts at centristfcu.org and we'll track down the right expert to come onto the show. If you need any help from a legal matter, I'm sure Amanda and her team at Baird Home will help you out too. If you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and help other listeners find us by rating, reviewing, and sharing the latest episode. And also follow Centris on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the platform formerly known as Twitter. X. I'm not really sure what to call it anymore. (laughs) Or you can check out our website at centristfcu.org where we have a great blog full of helpful financial insights. If you just want to chat with one of our amazing experts, you can give us a call at 402-334-7000. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks everyone. Thank you for having me. Ahura Media Production.